forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hello, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. Oh, boy. Did you know it? It's an <laughs> yeah. episode of Scary, Scary Stories, to, Stories tell the pod. to Tell on the Pod. Again, uh, perfectly imperfect. Really, really good. Feeling good and healthy. Sort of the same way I felt like when I was 17 and, you know, didn't have a job and uh, <laughs> feel the same way. How about you? I feel good. Constantly scrambling and a little sweaty. Well, then there you go. Um, and that, honestly, I think that's why our podcast is becoming so popular. People really love old, sweaty uh, boxes and nails. <laughs> and that's us. Oh, boy. For, it sure thanks is. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Yeah. This is a podcast about scary things, about scary stories to tell in the dark, which is a series of books from your childhood. And also... And- Urban Legends, which today legends. is a Wednesday. Today is famously Queen's Day. And it's Urban Legends Day. And it's Urban Legends Day. And wouldn't you know it, it's my turn. Sure is. Um, which is kind of exciting if you're a regular listener or if you're not. Um, you can just sort of dive right in uh, to who I am and what I believe and then you can hear Andrew sort of listening, mm-hmm. gasping, um, gasping, a lot of ASMR noises, uh, like tongue on lips or roof of mouth, you know, that sort of stuff. Yes. Do you like ASMR, Andrew? I'm I'm not an ASMR person, although I was just introduced to these videos on YouTube. There's a there's like all these channels of people like very well produced videos of people walking through the woods or walking oh. through New York during a rainstorm. <laughs> and that re- like it doesn't it doesn't put me into a trance, but I just like having it on. You know what I mean? Is it like POV or do you see the person? Oh, you do not see the person. I think that would ruin it for me. Oh. <laughs> no, it's just it is a it is a complete POV. Um the the New York during a rainstorm ones are, are specifically really great. And and I'm like, how long was this person walking? It is like Three hours. I mean, that's the answer. <laughs> three hours of like walking through, and then I can be like, "That I know that place. I get ice we cream." We may never there. know. Yeah, we may never know. Uh, we never know you? how long the three-hour videos. I don't. I find it to be extraordinarily off-putting. I don't like whispering. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Andrew. Andrew and I went to drama school together, and uh, one of the girls in our group was complaining about something, and she was very soft-spoken and had a high-pitched voice. And another member of our group told her to put some bass in her voice. Yep. Love that. And I don't think any of us were designed to handle that moment. Um, At 19, it it truly, (laughs) like, all of our faces melted off. I Also, do you remember Anna and I um, were in a class taught by a really wonderful actress named Elizabeth Hess, who you might know as Clarissa's mom from the show Clarissa Explains It All? Yes. Um, She's a very different person than her character, Mrs. Darling, Um, a very sort of, uh, like – Earth Mother is the exact wrong term, Um, but she is a very, like, grounded – and um, I'm trying to think of how to – in touch with her body, you know. 
and yeah. we had a we had a whole class that was about us walking around and um, whispering things into each other's ears, and it was supposed to be whispering things that we've never told anyone before. <laughs> and, That's right. And Anna, in the middle of this very serious exercise, when someone <laughs> someone had just been like, "I've never been touched in a way that I like," Anna then came up to me and whispered in my ear, "I shit." I just shit. <laughs> and um for a 19-year-old for a 19-year-old male college student, that's a very difficult thing to hear in a setting where you cannot laugh. Um yeah, I remember that exercise and feeling extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> and I didn't take it seriously and I was just whispering yeah. made up things in people's ears, Horrendous which like I'm things. sure I'd be a much better actor if I had actually applied myself and opened my heart but as it turns out can't do it no no kill me and thank goodness because we didn't do it now we have a podcast you know now we have a podcast and we whisper things we would tell other people um (laughs) but with bass in our voice so thank you playwrights horizon theater school Uh, at new york university and thank yeah thank you players for for um enduring for both enduring us and uh and cultivating what weirdos we've become today none of us should have ever been told that we could have been actors and (laughs) i think that it's uh you know it's very sweet that you gave us a home for a little while yeah thank Um, goodness no one else would. that said i'm paid up with sag please cast me in your shit (laughs) i will not change a single thing about who i am um um, so today, today it, it's like we're into Hollywood. We're into Spookytober. Mm-hmm. It's Spooktober. It's October. It's scary time. <laughs> it's a time where I feel as though it's the only time we'll be relevant. Um, so you might as well stick with like extraordinarily scary things, right? Yeah. Well, let's do it. I, similar to rejecting the fuck, what was that? Oh my god! I just imagine, like in my head, it's a, that, a, that a bat just flew by your face. Was it a noise? Did you hear a noise? Um, I think it might have been my chair. Was it? No, I. There was something either in the room with me or outside in the hall. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, listeners, oh, what a comforting thing to hear! Something guys, either in my room with me or outside in the hall. I'm gonna absolutely become eaten by a ghost. <laughs> But until that, I just had Jason was here. He moved my couch perpendicular to the wall, which is where I was told to put it. Uh And now my back is to the room and I very much feel like I'm going to get stabbed. Um, (laughs) The the interior designer I hired to help me figure out where to put my uh, stuff was married. And uh, I don't think she understands what it is to feel alone. So not helpful. (laughs) The room flows better, but now I'm like, oh, I'm going to get knifed. Yeah, the terror flows um, right into your heart. Yes. Um, so, but anyway, I'm rejecting the assignment mm-hmm. of focusing on spooky things and going to focus on horny ghosts. Whoop, whoop. Uh, this first one is from a listener named Amanda Daly, who is a friend of mine, friend of the show. Friend of the she, show, Amanda. She's a friend of the show, which is something you can just say. <laughs> Um, she's a very funny UCB person, actor, writer, um, and also she's a fan of our pod. Oh, so I'm, um, she would D she slid into our DMS like a horny ghost and I'm just going to read what she sent us. Can't wait. Hi, Anna and Andrew. 
big fan of the pod. Did not have Matt Gehring's Contagious Nightmare. Thank goodness. It's great. That is good. It's good. Yeah. I, I think most people haven't had it happen. I Although I, now now I'm starting to get some more. My brother had it happen to him <laughs> two nights after really? he listened to it. Yeah. And then some other some other messages that have, have been coming in about it happening. But it's it's definitely airing more on the side of it didn't happen to people. Okay. That's good. Well, if it ever happens at all, I do think that that's impressive. Right, right. Uh, but Amanda, happy to hear it didn't happen to you. She continues. I am a tour guide for Madame Morbid's Trolley Tours in Brooklyn, Ugh. meaning I give the ghost tour on the spooky bus. God oh, damn. Bus. This is this is fantastic. It's a dream job. The it spooky really bus. Is. Trademark? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Amanda also worked for the Sex and the City tour company. <laughs> that may have been a different oh, long GCB person. I but. wish they could be combined. Like... <laughs> I'm more of a carry, but also I'm a little bit of a, I mean, I can't, I, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to take that yeah. again. <laughs> I'm more of a carry, but also I like to think of myself as a dead hand, you know? Yeah. Like I say I'm a dead hand, but in actuality <laughs> I'm big toe. Um, yeah, I, I do. I would love a either spooky moments from sex in the city or it's a combination of sex in the city. Like this is where Samantha bought her a rabbit vibrator. And then like, also this is like the triangle shirtwaist factory. <laughs> oh, no. um, she gave the ghost run the spooky bus. So I have a lot of local stories and I want to share this one with you. It's not so much a ghost that is scary so much as a residual haunting that makes you feel horny. Oh my. Parentheses, which may be worse, question mark. Amanda, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. You came to the right place. <laughs> this comes from a book called The Ghosts of Brooklyn by L.V. Salazar. He took my tour and gave me the book at the end. Wow. He looked like a cross between Kenneth Branagh as Gilderoy Lockhart and the leader from that Simpsons episode where they joined the cult. Wow, I'm very into that. I'm very, I'm going to actually Google this man. Let me see. Google to this man. Google to this man. L.V. Salazar. Wow. Imagine Uh, what a power move to go on a ghost tour, then reveal at the end of the ghost tour that you are a ghost scholar and then you have your book that you give your guide. It does appear to be a self-published book. Okay. Which I think for ghost stories makes sense. Yeah. New industry. You know that like Penguin Random House, they're not they're not getting rich off of. Um, yeah, the publishers are not clamoring for niche ghost stories. I'm sorry to tell they're you, they're not. They're not from experience. They're certainly not. Um. Okay, I want you to have the full story as he tells it. So I tried to take a picture of it. Let me know if it's legible. Also, I'd be happy to comp you. On my tour, anytime you'd like, ghost emoji, sunglasses emoji, ghost emoji. Um, Amanda, absolutely. Amanda, the next time, freaking listening. The next time we're uh, we're both in New York, Anna, I really would love to get on the spooky bus and go on this tour. We have to. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm going to LA, so we could do it then, and it's like that's not um, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong no place, places, but work. it's okay. Yes. Um. Here we go. Uh. It's a story called, it's a, she took a picture of the page. Mm-hmm. It's a story called the spirit of the foot fetishist. Oh my God. Yeah. And it does have like a drop first letter. What's that called? <laughs> um, 
Imagine being a person of wealth who was held in high esteem by your contemporaries. Okay. Um, okay, I'm there. Yeah. What What does your hair look like? Um, straight back in it in the tightest little ponytail. Oh no! <laughs> so you're like a like an accountant who plays a guitar. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm like mostly bald and wearing a wig that's on the wrong way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but there's Imagine no reason being, to feel shame about that. No, not at all. But you know, um, imagine residing in a fantastic mansion with sweeping views of Lower Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I I not to brag, but if I do lean out of one window, I can see the Freedom Tower. Uh oh. Yeah. Imagine being a solid member of society in good standing. Imagine all of this. Now imagine harboring a sexual fetish that consumed your thoughts. I can't. This is, this is actually all, this is the intro to this whole story. Yes. Oh my God. I was sure one of those had been thrown in by you. That's crazy. Okay. No. Also, this is two. Those are two. Those are two paragraphs. (laughs) Okay. Okay. If you find yourself standing before the Alexander M. White House located at 2 Pierpont Place in Brooklyn Heights, you might also find yourself feeling the presence of a spirit. Ooh. Okay. Um, this this neighborhood is so gorgeous. It's like some of the most expensive real estate in, I want to say, the world. <laughs> I, um, I do. I did remember reading that the cost of living in Brooklyn is higher than the cost of living if you live in Manhattan. And it's like maybe the yeah. second most expensive city in America to live in. Yeah. Kind of rocks, kind of rules. I'm just pulling it up on Google Maps. I mean, I'm I'm imagining all those things and and I do – I mean, I I always just assumed anyone who is um, wealthy and well-respected and lives in a mansion does have some all-consuming sexual fetish. So it is easy to go there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't find that – to be shocking. Yeah. If, um, if you don't, if, if you don't have to worry about like putting food on the table, like your brain has to occupy that space with something else. And it's probably going to be like dressing up in a mascot costume. Yeah. Okay. I'm pulling it up on Google image and it's a beautiful, it's like, it's not a brownstone, but it does have like brown stones. Okay. Well, um, and it does like arches, like cinder, not cinder block, but like um, flagstone arches, nice cinder blocks. Yeah, three arched windows in the front, and then it has uh, on the second floor, it has like a little build out, like a little bay window, and then like a little Juliet terrace on top. Oh, this sounds like a really sexy and then it house. Goes, it's a hot. The house is hot. The house is sort of like a. I'll say it. It's like a. It's like a John Ham. Where you're like that—that's what men look like, and then you're like, wait a fucking minute! Wow. Um, and the top is like a triangle. Yeah, which is very fun, and all the buildings around it are like, hey. Um, yeah, all the buildings around it are like, all right, my name's Danny. It's like, okay. nah, I'm stupid. <laughs> um, okay, feeling the presence of a spirit. Okay. Uh. It is not, however, the spirit of Alexander M. White, the man who built this mansion that you sense. It is the spirit of his son, Alfred T. White. Okay. Alfred T. White is like, uh, it's like the name of a character 
in like a movie about cool teens. Yeah, that's definitely um, that's definitely either like a a Netflix thing about like a new kid or um, a character. Like he would be the. Sorry, I cut you off because I had such a strong instinct. No, please. Um, he would be like the um, like the uncool guy who's like, oh, what are you teens doing? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see him as a character who's like, you did it again, Alfred T. White, like saying it to himself in the mirror, being like disappointed by his actions, you know? Yeah, he'd be like one of those cartoon characters that has like two little um, like black dots for eyes, like you wouldn't have any whites. Uh, yeah, sort of a Doug. Um, yeah. And then alternatively, Alfred T. White does sound like the name of a character written by like in a play written by a gay high schooler. That's like a clue ripoff. You know what I mean? <laughs> he works in the government. <laughs> I say this as someone who is a gay high schooler who wrote plays that were ripoffs of other more popular murder. But mysteries. you were like a genius from the beginning. So <laughs> I, you actually are not allowed to identify with this fake scenario we're quick, setting up. Quick confession. Um, I in middle school, the first play I ever wrote was called Tis the Season. Um, oh. And it was directly a ripoff of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, down to there being, what was it called? It was called tis the season. Tis, tis the season. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, and I, <laughs> I don't think I really fully realized that as I was writing it, it wasn't until years later when I watched the movie and I was like, oh, that's where virtually all the, all those ideas came from. Anyway, that was just a quick confession. Um, but Alfred T. White is infinitely more interesting. That rules. <laughs> um, Andrew also famously, this is another side note, but he did, he like, were you in a monologue competition that you forgot was happening? So you improvised it and then they asked you what play it was from and you made up the play. Mm -hmm. This was and then, when I auditioned for Carnegie Mellon. <laughs> um, the, yeah. For like a pre-college program? No, or for, for, the, for their BFA program. Wait, and didn't, and then a student messaged you saying they wanted to do the play and you wrote an entire play? Oh, no, wait, that, yeah, sorry, that was different. That was a thing in high school. <laughs> You've done this more than once? Well, the they kind of were drawing from the same, <laughs> they're kind of drawing from the same oh, things. Yeah. Andrew, yeah, both, you should be in prison. Yeah, both of those things, both those things have happened. I'm a different person now, but not as different as I would like to be. What was the name of the play you made up and then uh, had to write? Oh, the first one, the the one that I made up and then had to write was called Something Supernatural. Um, and that was <laughs> that was the first one. And then the second one, maybe maybe a worse thing was I. Well, this is different. I guess in I guess in the Carnegie Mellon audition, um, I had memorized a a Shakespearean monologue and a contemporary monologue. And when I told them what my Shakespearean monologue was, they were like, oh, do you have another classical monologue um, that you could do? Like that's something that's a little closer to you. And then I was like, mm-hmm. And then I improv – I was like, this is a translation of – and I think I, I think it was like a fake translation that didn't exist of a of a like a Commedia dell'arte uh, play that I was vaguely familiar with. And then I just improvised a fake character around that. Um, in oh my god in prose in yeah in pro, oh yeah it was, it was not okay. iambic <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> you would actually have to go to like the prison that they kept magneto in if you did that 
Your mind is too powerful and dangerous. Oh my gosh. Meanwhile, uh, very recently I did think that the moon was nine miles straight up. So I think we're all fine. Everyone's I'm, that what was nine miles straight the up? The moon. I did think the moon was nine miles straight up. And then people were people. I was on a roof party and people were like, that's impossible. Like you can walk nine miles. And I said, straight up. So, yeah, it's what are you talking about? Everything's fine and cool. Everything's fine. You thought the moon was nine miles away. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I was was 20. I was 25. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were saying this happened recently. Um, I mean, I started to get really scared too, too recently. Um, yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've ever thought. Now, and I, what I realized is I think nine miles is the is the altitude that planes fly at. And so I knew something, okay. but it was completely wrong. Um, something that you could see when you look up from the ground is nine miles away. <laughs> I'm you so filled sorry. In the blank. I've let this I've, I've I've driven this off the rails here. No, this is me driving it. And this is actually it's actually not a train. It's a trolley car and we can go wherever we want. <laughs> ding, ding. Um. Alfred T. White was born in 1846 and died in 1921. He is remembered as a great philanthropist who fought for housing reform throughout the city and championed the general betterment of Brooklyn. Oh, my yes. gosh. Alfred. 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 He was. Oh, what? No, sorry. I was. I just said Alfred again in a dumb voice and it was the worst reason to interrupt. <laughs> Say it again. Alfred. Thank you. You're welcome. One more time. Alfred. Again. <clears throat> Alfred. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He was for four decades a deacon of the First Unitarian Church of Brooklyn. Okay, so this guy is like, he's basically a member of like the Ninety Second Street Y. Oh, a Unitarian. Like he just does good work, and he also is a Unitarian. So it's just so early yes. for Unitarian. I didn't realize they were around for so long. Yeah, I guess. Okay, good for him. I like the sounds of Alfred so far. I'll be honest. I really do too. I think he rules. Um, well, stick with it. Okay. Um, his family's fortune was made in importing and exporting, and he continued the tradition. Not unlike men of privilege during his time, Alfred T. White harbored certain sexual desires few wives were prepared to indulge. Oh. It was not that these desires were aberrant or odd. Am I saying that right? Aberrant? Uh, I think, ye- how is it spelled? Is it E-A-B-H-O? No, a not abhorrent. It's a b e r r a n t. I think you're right. I think it's aberrant. Let me look it up. Also, it feels this is the the generosity that this author is giving Alfred in terms of what qualifies as an odd, out of place, or like odd or aberrant, aberrant. Uh, I know he's making it sound like he. Um, does like uh, stabby stuff. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you can say either. Oh, great. Aberrant or aberrant. Good, good. This is wow. first and foremost I... an educational podcast. Sometimes I worry I might be too smart. <laughs> you can get um, in the Magneto prison with me. <laughs> I tried to write a sketch last week. It didn't come together. It's um, the cast as teen boys saying like, I'm actually really worried that I might be the hot one. <laughs> Like, I'm so worried. It just keeps happening. Like, I look in the mirror and I'm like, for sure I'm hotter. And then I look at you guys and I'm like, for sure hotter than you. I don't know. I'm just scared. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. Less a sketch, more a thought. Um, 
uh, it was not that these desires were aberrant or aberrant or odd, but simply that they were not conducive to procreation. The understanding at that time was that any sexual activity between spouses that did not directly contribute to procreation was superfluous and to be ignored. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Woof. Yeah, that's kind of the dogma of the Catholic Church. It's called disorder. Yeah. It's not even considered a mortal sin. Anyway, go ahead. Honestly, like getting pregnant is such a bummer. Like anyone who's like, it needs to be procreative. It's like you don't know what that feels like. Yeah. Also, it's like babies are fine. Like I like babies, but also like it. I don't understand that. I don't understand anyone who's like, no, no, we need more of them. This is the whole problem. You know, like. Like babies are even like if you're being good to babies, you want to make sure that you have like enough time to dedicate to them. You just can't be a wash in babies, you know? Yeah. If if like someone's jerking off and then someone runs in and says, That could be a baby. <laughs> like they're two different things. <laughs> that could be a baby. I like it if it's that someone who's less judgmental and more hopeful. You could turn that boredom into baby. Wait a minute. <laughs> um Okay. And to be ignored, that is, of course, for most people, da, da, da. Mm. for a man of standing and wealth, on the other hand, social constraints in the arena of human sexuality did not represent an impediment worthy of consideration. Thank you. Legend. Thank you. Thanks. Legend has it that Alfred T. White, in essence, was free to pursue the sexual delights he derived. Here we go. This is it takes a hard turn. Uh-oh. He derived from kissing women's feet. Okay. Sucking their toes mm. and watching them pleasure themselves while he caressed their calves. <sighs> it could be worse, <laughs> you know. It sounds great. It sounds like everyone's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. It really. I, I, I thought. I thought we were going to get real. Do- I thought it was going to be like, and he, he paid, you know, poor immigrant women to cut their feet off. So, like that's where I thought we were going. But instead, it's just I sort know. of like. I don't know. Like he's he's just sort of like I'm gonna like it sounds like there's like zero kind of penetrative quality to any of this. Um it seems pretty low stakes, you know what I mean? Although yeah. toe sucking I mean I not to yuck anybody's yum, it's just like it I don't know. It I learned that phrase I think last year and I haven't heard it since and I, I really like it. Yeah, I do too. I do I too. Wanna yuck your yum. I think it I think <laughs> frankly to me it's just like, oh, the thought process of how deeply I'd want my how clean I'd want my toes to be in order like there's just a lot of stuff a lot of prep work. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I know. Well I, I it's funny that foot stuff is funny. Because like that is what someone needs, right? right. But it, it will always be funny. Yeah, yeah. The sooner you, the sooner everyone can get on the same page that like every every iteration of sex is so silly and bizarre and stupid. <laughs> you know, it's like just don't think about anything too hard. Um, but uh, but if we also all just oh, sorry. cut cut our bodies in half below the belly button, then we'd all be better off. <laughs> Well, I'm just thinking back then for a foot fetishist, like there weren't even like pedegs, you know, like people weren't getting. Um, <laughs> That's right. You know, like pedicures are like callous. These are eight, like 1880s. Like feet. I don't even think there were left and right shoes back then. I think there was like you got a shoe and then you walked in it and you made it a left and right shoe. You know what I mean? 
Is that right? I think it. I mean, I remember reading about that about the Civil War, but maybe it was different for rich people. That's pretty rough. Yeah. You know what? Count your blessings. Count your blessings. Okay. So he was sucking Um, on toes. He's sucking toes, caressing calves. Legend has it in one of the rooms of the house located at two Pierpont Place. He set up a gynecological table for his mistress. Mm. Legend has it that they would spend countless hours indulging his desire. Okay. And then there's like, (laughs) there's a very long paragraph where he describes... <laughs> he just describes the sex, like what they would do, which is basically what I just said. Oh, but then he, <laughs> he like paints. He paints. It's like he's writing a romance novel, and I'm not gonna read it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Instead, we should we should do um, him a service and say buy his book. <laughs> you know, buy his book. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I. <laughs> I don't want to block quote too a much. A gynecological table. I just, just, and maybe, maybe you don't have the answer to this. Are we talking stirrups? stirrups. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So she would do that and he would do that okay. and he jerked off while touching her feet and stuff. And it was a mistress. It wasn't his wife. It was a mistress, but honestly that's sweet. You know, like a mistress is sort of like, it's sweet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And uh, this—that's like <laughs> you are inadvertently like going to get quote like it's going to be your quote on the Ashley Madison homepage. Yes, <laughs> uh, let me be your. I want to help you pivot. Having a mistress is sweet, but I also think that like back then, like wives were like, "My life already blows. Mm. I don't want to take your dumb, stupid dick." <laughs> all the time like you go find someone who's excited about your dick i'm busy <laughs> oh i love the idea um of lo- of mrs white like getting like really into like badminton or something and being like no 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 you do your thing like i'm in the backyard you know yeah. will you have a table yeah go for it um i'll buy you stirrups it's fine yeah 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 um theirs was a love affair and then she would finish too so that was good it's good for her oh good yeah um not the wife the mistress. yeah 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 theirs was a love affair of carnal desire fulfilled and fantasies pursued is it any wonder alfred t white was a philanthropist <laughs> oh my god next paragraph okay this is a haunting of pleasure that reverberates across time oh that is the next best paragraph. subtitle of a of a romance novel i've ever heard in my life <laughs> Next paragraph. <laughs> Do you feel the joy? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Amanda, thank you so much. <laughs> no, I'm not even done. Do you sense the pleasure? Do you recognize the sexual ecstasy that surrounds this place? What can be said of a building that contains within it the beauty of life affirming human sexuality made manifest night after night, despite what society may or may not say about such desires. What can be said of the spirit of Alfred T. White, whose sexual exuberance can still be felt today? There might as well be a playground at Pierpont. And there it is. <sighs> Good for him. There is a playground, uh, I guess, next door to the building. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. Good for you. <laughs> it ends. <laughs> It ends with good for him. Good for you. <laughs> Anna, that's the end? Yes. Wait. Good for him. Good for him. Good for you. Wait a minute. There was no ghost in here. 
<laughs> there's no there is no ghost. This man just wanted to tell a story about a about a philanthropist who was a good person who also liked sucking on his mistress's toes. Wait a minute. Oh no. Wow. I think he just I think he just made a baby while while writing this story. Oh, you know what my I mean? God. Like, did, yeah, did he just finish before he got to the ghost and was like, ah, I'm not into this anymore? Wow. Do you feel the joy? Good for him. Good oh, for, my God. So, yeah, good there's for no. Him and, good for him. Good for you is basically a good T-shirt for our show. Yeah. And then um, and then below it would be uh, what which illustration? Um, the big toe. Yeah, it would be the big toe from the book. Yeah. So it's just a lot of um, copyright infringement all across. Oh, yeah, huge. Good for him. Good Let for me. you. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. My my expectation from Horn would be like the haunting takes – like the haunting is that you are um, irrestrainably horny when you stay or go to the house. But instead, we did just hear this man's story and like I do feel feverish. I can't speak to where that feverishness is coming from, but – um, maybe, maybe that is an element. It's sort of a phase one ghost. Yeah. That's like a more of a feeling than an embodiment. It's like an elemental, an elemental. Yes. Um, I'm just looking up Alfred T white and he's great. Wow. It doesn't say anything about the feet stuff, right. but he was known as Brooklyn's first citizen. Um, and he developed all of these buildings. Um, he advocated a model of philanthropy plus 5%, accepting a limited financial return on his projects. Wow. Um, White's buildings were praised extensively by Jacob Reese and How the Other Half Lives as Beau Ideal and a big village of contented people. Wow. They covered roughly half their lots, leaving large courtyards suitable for concerts and other recreation. Ugh. What if there was just a huge a- statue of him in in like right next to the Barclays Center and it was like him holding up the cab of a woman? <laughs> But he looks very stately. I mean, like, all of this could be complete uh, and utter slander, but I'm just showing you on the FaceTime his picture. Oh, yeah, look at him. He looks like he's thinking about feet. He does, yeah. He's, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell. You can tell like, when someone's thinking about he's, feet. He's got the, the calm, satisfied, ha- happy, smirk and expression of a man who's just made a woman come. <laughs> You know, I think maybe that's what I appreciate. That's what I appreciate about him. Whenever you hear about sort of um, uh, like the depraved exploits of a of like a millionaire back then, it oh, I feel like it always involves like, and then someone turned up dead, or like you know, people were like all scarred or whatever. But in this one, he's like bringing a woman to satisfaction, and he like he gets off on that. So I think that's for the best. You know, it's better than the and, alternative. And also. He's an early benefactor of the Brooklyn Botanic Garden, which I've been to several times. Oh, my God. He was an early supporter of two different HBCUs. I, and he's a Unitarian Universalist. Oh, my God. I really did think at first you said HPV. Um, he is a, an early, early supporter. Of HPV. Of crabs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, This guy. <laughs> wait a minute. I'm coming all the way around on Alfred <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe there's no ghost. I can't. Like, what a Wait. twist. 
Now I'm looking up if he really, if there's anything else about him being a foot fetishist. Or if this was entirely made. Can you imagine if you were this amazing philanthropist? And I, <laughs> I mean, I guess this is what happens when like you, someone could just write a book about you and be like, and here was their fetish. And you, people just would sort of take it as, I mean, I'm guessing maybe the fact is like when he died, they found the stirrup room and then we're like, hmm, why does he have a gyne- gynecological chair? I can't find anything else. I found a New York Times article from February 20th, 1921 that he left $15 million to his daughter wow. when he died. Um, oh my God. Wait a minute. Okay. Okay. I'm going to read the article now. Alfred Treadway White, banker and philanthropist who was drowned on January 20th <gasps> while skating at Central Valley, New York. Oh. Drowned while skating. He was 74. How do you... I, I just saw that he died at 74 and was like, oh, he died yeah, that, from regular. To drown while skating. Oh, my... How is that not mentioned? That's, like, rife for a ghost I, story. I think maybe we've been... Um, Did Amanda just dupe <laughs> us into reading a sex story on our podcast? <laughs> if so, if so, Amanda, well played. We got got. <laughs> Amanda, I mean, like, no, I think if anything, Amanda was fooled. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. This wait, guy was like, on. I'm also a ghost scholar and here, read my book. I mean, like, he's definitely going to find this podcast and I, I say thank you, yeah. no. Mr. Salazar. We, we're huge fans yeah. and we're we're enjoying your work. Hugely. And we're, we're um, yeah, we're, we're smiling. It's well told. We're glad. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more than anything. I'm just fascinated to know what the sources are. You know what I mean? Um. There are no sources. Yeah, it's like what – so it's like did he have an inside scoop, you know? Um, what could it be? Wow. His daughter lived on Remsen Street, which is another beautiful street in Brooklyn Heights. Oh, my God. Um, I really – I'm really in awe of this story. <laughs> Just especially the fact that there's nothing else about um, the like the ghostly sex feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess like you go there and you get horny, but like, listen, buddy, that could be anywhere. <laughs> no, I've been to a lot of haunted houses. But the weird thing is he left it all to his daughter. And in his will, he said, having made provision during my lifetime for the many be- benevolent institutions in which I have been most interested, I make no mention of them in my will. Hmm. Um, it was established, however, that a large amount of money was set aside in trust funds for the charitable. Inst- OK, so they're they're good. I was going to say that's like a weird um, zag. That is a weird zag. But Damn. wow. Well, now, I mean, certainly next time I go to Brooklyn, I will be visiting that house. And maybe, you know, is it a museum now or is it a home? I think it's just a home. Oh, wow. Would they be interested in us doing a live taping? <laughs> a tour? I mean, look, I'm going to look them up on Street Easy. Can you imagine if you um, were living in a room for a long time and then later you listened to this podcast and you realized that the room you were staying in in your swanky Brooklyn neighborhood was the gynecological chair room? God, nothing would make me happier. (laughs) So much pleasure in one little room. (laughs) (laughs) This is a made up story. We've been freaking lied to. Okay, here we go. I hope it's not made up. But yeah, again, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious what sources led to this. Unless the mistress kind of did a tell-all right afterwards, in which case I want to read that book. In which case it would be called Two Feet from Stardom. You know? Yeah. Now it's saying it's twelve stories tall. Whoa! It's not possible. 
It's a big got built over. That's a big house. That's too bad. Wow. Amanda. Um, anyway, thank you, Amanda. That was um, wild. Yeah. Uh, I guess, like, let us know if you know anything about Alfred T. White and his damn feet. Right. Where is this cannot find anything. From? Dying to know. Go scholars, please do. Um, and remind, him, remind me this author's name. Um, L.V. Salazar. L.V. Salazar. Uh, let us know. Super and interested in this. Yes, please. Um, and then I'm just going to... Oh, no. You know what? I'll save this other horny ghost story for another episode. Oh, my gosh. Can we just have a series of, of horny ghost stories? It's like the, the, first, um, the first Wednesday of every month. I mean, look. <laughs> I mean... Um, I mean, look. Wow. Um, okay, and that brings us to... A segment of the show that we like to call Spooky Ideas That Could Happen, Mm -hmm. where Andrew and I say a very short idea for a spooky thing that could happen. We're not saying it did happen. We're saying it could happen. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have one. Um, I, I went into the fridge and I pulled out a can of perfectly chilled Diet Coke. But when I touched the pop tab... It's incredibly hot, so much so that it burns my finger. And I get a little dish towel so I can use it to open it up. And when I open it up, it goes, Oh, Oh, that is a very... And then I drink it. (laughs) (laughs) And you go, yum, 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 yum. Yum, yum, yum. Mmm, that could happen. Oh man, that's really good, Anna. That is a that would be a very spooky thing to happen. Thank you for celebrating my mediocrity. It's my favorite. No, um, a hot have done a hot beverage from a fridge that makes a human sighing noise is very spooky. (laughs) No, the can is called the pop tab is hot. Oh, then yeah, that's even spookier. Um, thank you. Okay, here's mine. You go to a pumpkin patch. And you find <laughs> <laughs> end of spooky thing. <laughs> that could happen. Yeah, you could. You go to a pumpkin patch, and way off where no one is paying any attention is one lone perfect pumpkin. And you get it. You buy it. You bring it home, and you plunge a knife into it to make your jack o' lantern, and a trickle of blood comes out. The spot where you Ooh, put the knife in. That could happen. That could happen. Oh my god, that's scary. That would be very scary. Um, I'd keep carving it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to see what where where that was going to go. Um, one time, if it didn't make any sound, I'd keep going. <laughs> one time, Chris and I uh, got pumpkins at a pumpkin patch on Long Island, and we we came home, and Chris, the pumpkin looked immaculate on the outside. And Chris carved open the pumpkin and opened it, and it was fully black inside and molded over and rotten. And like rotten, yeah, like it was just such a trick because the outside looked so great. There was no we like investigated for like a little hole. There was nothing. Like it was like how did this happen? Um, was it like painted? No, it was like uh, it was just like it had rotted from the inside. These things happen. No, like they painted the outside oh, to look nice. I don't think so. That would be such a that would be such a nefarious thing to do, mischievous. I'd be scared. Very scared. 
Um, Anna, this was such a fun one. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for highlighting Amanda's message. Mm. And Amanda, thank you for messaging Good us. Good Lord. Go follow Amanda Dealey at AK Dealey on Instagram. She's the best. D-I-E-L-I. Um, and L.V. Zal- Salazar's book is called The Ghosts of Brooklyn. So you can buy it online. Yeah. Go buy it. Let us know yeah. if there's any other um, foot fetish specific stories in there. Um, and hey, if that's your thing, I think that's awesome. Congrats. And yeah. aren't we all grateful yeah, to be in a time know. of pet eggs, you know? We're not we're not being bitches, we're being stupid. <laughs> that's it. That's our that's our merch. <laughs> yeah. That's our merch. Bitches. And it's um and it's that with the uh, wait till Marvin comes cats. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait till we read wait till Marvin oh, comes. Oh, that's gonna be a big one. And uh this is so fun. Andrew, this is so fun. And Thank you. Everybody else, get, get out. out forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.